Hi, welcome to Tamiwa Oluen Podcast. Thanks for downloading, and as you listen, you are guaranteed an encounter with the word. Oh, an ancient. Uh, those were the songs that they used to welcome us into the Christian faith. Those are the songs she sings with my grandma when you are doing night devotion. And those are the songs that even when you have committed enough sin, you don't look like a sinner anymore. Because you are just excited in your spirit. And it makes you feel like God is beside you. So why would I not sing those songs even when I grow up? Amen. This morning I'm going to be teaching us on what I've titled The Power of Commitment. What did I say? The power of commitment. Now, this is going to take a different form because some of you might be used to, okay, power of commitment. Okay, once just committed in the things of God. Yeah, I might go a little bit in that direction, but I'm just going to teach it as the Spirit of the Lord wants me to teach it this morning. And I trust that you will listen. I trust that you'll take notes. And I trust that you'll run with it. The best a pastor can do for is our congregation or church family as it were is to give them the tools and the recipes so that there can be a replay of the kind of success that they experience today many Christians just have the assumption that only the pastor can be successful some people have the assumption that oh that pastor need to make it or to work there is something that is working for the man of God. And that same thing can work for you. Somebody say amen. It can work. Because all the man of God knows is God. That's a genuine man of God. All he knows is God. So, when I say replay, that means you can know the same God that the man of God knows. And if I'll be honest with you this morning every one of us are men and women of God. Everybody just has different offices. So I'm going to be teaching on what I've titled the power of com- commitment. It might be something you've, you're used to from you know church upbringing and all of that, but I'm taking a different form to it this morning. I'm going to be as quick as possible. And also I'm just going to announce that at the end of the service there's going to be like a, a, a very, very special refreshment for everybody after the service i just like i told uh, the head of the welcome team i just love my members to be comfortable is that good i just love them comfortable i just want you guys feel love i want you to enjoy the things i enjoy amen yeah but the days are coming when i'll put people on compulsory fast and then we'll do it together and you see your pastor at food co don't question me why i'm at food co amen So join me to Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9, verse 57 to 62. It's a very long scripture, but I'm just going to read it. Luke chapter 9, from verse 57 to 62. As they were walking along, someone said to Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. Luke chapter 9, 57 to 62. Then Jesus replied, Foxes have den to live in and birds have nest. But the son of man has no place to even lay his head. He said to another, come, follow me. The man agreed, but he said, Lord, let me first return home and bury my father. But Jesus told him, let the spiritually dead bury their own dead. Your duty is to go and preach about the Lord. I will follow you. But let me first say goodbye to my family. Then Jesus said to him, listen to what Jesus said. Anyone who puts, this is Luke 9 verse 62, what Jesus said. Anyone who puts a hand to the plow and then looks back, it's not what? It's not feet for the kingdom of God. Now, he didn't say they would not enter the kingdom of God. What did he say? It's not fit for the kingdom of God. How many of you watch your movies very well? 
You hear where they say, Tabak Bissori bed, Oshima Jabo, Omolele. Does that mean they'll take the person out of the house? No. But what would they do? They'll transfer the person from bed to what? To the mat. So Jesus is not saying anyone who looks back will not enter the kingdom of God. He's just saying what? He's not fit for the kingdom of God. And can I say to you this morning, the kingdom of God operates in two places. There's a kingdom of God, which is the one in heaven. And there's what? The kingdom of God on earth. That's why you find a lot of Christians, even after they've genuinely given their life to Christ, after they are trying to obey everything that seems to be appearing and glaring in scriptures, they are still going through the tough side of life. We'll say that again. Christians still going through the what? The tough side of life. And there is somebody else who is not spirit. I mean, if you know the meaning of that word. They are not, they don't, you have, when they speak in tongues, they say, co-deadly. They don't really carry Bible and all that stuff. Like, none of you have seen me carrying a physical Bible. I have. I have a physical Bible, but I just, this is just comfortable for me. And you discover that their life is better than somebody who sleeps on the mountain day and night. And you question them. Some people say, uh, let me say, let me let me try to remember the word. Some people say uh, there's, there's God's timing, right? God's time is what? Why not you make your best God's timing? I want you to understand what I'm saying, but that's really not my teaching this morning. But the echo of that scripture it says, anyone who puts their hand to the plow and then looks back, is not fit for the kingdom. It means that the kingdom cannot entrust them with certain things. So that means when prosperity is coming, they are not, those kind of people are not on the list. That means when access is coming, those kind of people are not on the list. Why? Because such a person has enough room of excuses and as the appetite of looking back. What does it mean to look back? Look back is not going into sin. I want to say that again. Look back is not going into sin. Look back is not, oh, I'm no longer a Christian. Look back is not, I'm no longer going to church. Look back is when your heart is no longer in that thing. I want to say it again. Look back is what? When your heart is no longer in that thing. How many of you have bought something before, brand new, and you spent a whole lot of money on it? And every day you just be cherishing that thing. A good example is a phone. You don't want the phone to fall. You buy pouch, you buy screen protector. Anytime you see small dust, you, you rub it, clean it. Before you are the type that gives people your phone and say, let me hold it. But this one, you bought pocket holder. Nobody's touching this phone. When you want to charge your phone, only normally you can just give people the charge and say, you want me to charge for your man. But this one, you will place it very well and say, nothing must happen. Then anytime praise and worship is going on, you are looking at the phone to be sure that because you know how much you spend on the phone. But when that phone is one year old, two years, three years, do you really pay much attention to as that when you bought the phone? What does that mean? Your mind or your heart is no longer on the phone. The phone now looks like a regular thing to you. You're not bothered. You're not bothered. That's what the scripture is saying there. Those who look back. Those who don't put the right energy as when they started. Now, open Luke chapter 9 verse 62. Luke chapter 9, verse 62. I'm going to read it to you. I, I intentionally use the easy translation. So whatever translation you're saying there, we're almost saying the same thing. Luke chapter 9, verse 62. Jesus replied, A man that plows a field must continue to look straight in front of it. Still the same scripture I'm giving you to you in another translation. He said, If he looks behind him, he cannot what? He cannot plow well that have looked back 
this is another translation of the same 62 I read to you, so you don't get confused. People that have looked back, this is easy to read translation. People that have looked back or people that have looked behind them cannot walk well for the kingdom of God. That's why I said earlier, it's not saying you won't enter, but what? You can't walk well. You can't enjoy the fruits of the kingdom. You cannot. And I'm going to say to you this morning as I go into my teaching proper, every decision on the platform of mere involvement, it will always lead to liabilities. Every decision, every action on mere involvement, it will lead to what? Liabilities. That's why you will not see me join every WhatsApp group. That's why you will not see me join every association. While I was in Nigeria and I was doing the drum ministry, Anson Drum came to me several times. I'm sorry for calling out their names. I, I was always tearing the letter. Because I do not want to belong to a thing where I cannot commit my life to. But when I got to the US, they discovered that, wow, where is the travel chair? Okay, let's connect him with someone, someone, someone. Before you knew it, I appeared in a few of their movies. And the next thing, they were like, I want to give you Nassim Drama Award. You must join. I said, I don't want, Baba. This is not a award that comes with envelope. It's a award that comes with just picture. I said, I don't want. And every time they question me, I said, because our visions are different. Why would I go and join an association? I'm not saying they are bad, they are good people, but why would I join an association that out of the seven visions God has given to me, your vision alone already cripples two out of my seven? Then I'm left with five. Every decision, every association, every joining, every attache, every attachment on mere involvement will always lead to liabilities you will end up being the one paying the price. Are you with me this morning? You end up being the one paying the price. Every trip, every trip on mere involvement will always lead to disappointment. You have no business going to Lagos but you decided to go that day out of stubbornness. I must enter Lagos. I must enter Lagos. I must enter Lagos. It is that day people like you encounter five hours traffic. That's the truth. Mere involvement has led many people into troubles. Mere involvement. My friend is doing it. And sometimes mere involvement, is, it comes by pushing. People just push you. Just push you. Say, go, go. Go for choir rehearsal. Go, go and join the ushering department. Go, go, go. Go and join the instrumentalist. Go, go, go. Go and start the business. For someone like me, I do not, and I'm saying this openly, I do not help people. I do not help people who, uh, let me say it in a very good way. I do not financially support those who want to start a business and somebody is the one that is having to tell you to go and meet that person. Or you, and you know the person. I don't know if you understand what I'm trying to say. Uh, let, me, let, me, let me explain it very well. Like, take for example, she's your friend. Then he's your friend. Now I'm using you as an example. And you want to start a business. And you know this is the person that can help you. But you are first going to talk to this person about the business. So that this person can hold your hand and take you to this person. So that and you have access to this person. It really tells me that you are not serious. Because if something is a burning desire on you, you will approach a lion before you know you are there. Is it true? Is it true? You can't check out the politicians. They, if they know you are the one to their ticket, they will make you a godfather. He has no business coming to your house. But because he needs you, he will come for you. He will come for you. That's why I naturally don't support. I might eventually do, but I really don't because I'm like, we are friends. You never told me about it. Now I'm hearing from outside. Then somebody's come and telling you, go and meet this person. No. If you are sure of what you want to do, you will approach the right people. Mere involvement has put people 
in many trouble. My involvement has gotten many people's heart broken. All my friends are in a relationship, so I want to enter one. They will break your heart. It's the truth. The funny one is this. All my friends are doing POS business, so you go and collect your POS. My brother says, that's the day your own network will not always be working. All my friends are traveling now. Do you want to travel? Baba, they will deny you visa. We have too many Christians following the crowd. We have too many Christians following what people say. Oh, well, this person is doing this. Let me join them. When I was growing up as a child, I had every opportunity to join the choir. In fact, I did at some point. But I was passionate about the drama. So every time they say, ah, Baba, you can sing, you have voice, you can do tenno, you can do this. Come on, just... I was always late for Riaza. Always, always. So I, I never had the opportunity to lead when I was in the choir. I was always doing backup. And guess what? Backup is the easiest job ever. Now I'm not talking about if you're doing it on a professional level. It's the easiest job. We're always like 20. They call them mass choir. I don't struggle. I don't know the lyrics. I don't know the song. I just stay at the back. And all I just have to do is follow the coordinator. Left, right, left, right, left, right. But when they're appreciating the choir, what happens? They will appreciate me too. Mere involvement has gotten many people's hopes dashed. They are doing it. I want to join them. They are doing it. I want to join them. They are doing this. This is a trending business. In fact, my dad hates that statement. When you tell my dad, this is the trending business. So my dad, my dad will ask you, so what if the business stops trending? You come back and meet me again and say, there's another trending business. That's a situation, as a matter of fact, that's a situation that this country is trending into that we don't even know. And I'm still going to my teacher. I wish I had all the money. I wish I had all the money in this world. There's a particular business here in Nigeria that if I do that business, give me a week, I'll become a billionaire. I'm honest. Now I'm giving some people Expo now. I'll give you other business. And this is a business that was making huge money for the government in the 90s. And all of a sudden, they closed it because small something trending came on board and that was GSM. How many of you know GSM, right? Your phones, right? You know, it's easier for you to send a message and immediately gets to the next person. And that was how the government closed out post office. I remember mean, the days when post office will come to your house and drop something. And you have a key. You have to go to the post office. Do you know how much companies were spending on post office to ensure that the mail gets to your box? Do you know how much those guys in the post office were making? It looks like little, little money. Do you know, it's those little, little money that when you gather them together, if I have that kind of money in my account, I will go back and start. This is, I'm not talking about you, uh, Nigerian poster or night poster. All those ones are caricature. A real post office. Who knows what I'm talking about? The real post office. Whereby the thing comes to your doorstep. The mailman will give you the story. You say, you sign. You have a box. You have a key. People are paying monthly subscription for post office box. People are fighting for post office box. Say, I must have one. My grandfather then, before he died, he had like four post office boxes. Adam Mako. I mean, if you know Mako, was right there. If you steal something inside somebody's mailbox, you can go to jail in this Nigeria. But the government closed it out. Whoever was in charge of it, they closed it out because something came on board and was trending. GSM. Oh, they don't need to send mails anymore emails came on board and all that stuff. But guess what? Shall I be honest with you? Even in the US, they still run postal services. Even in UK, Canada, they still run it. Nobody just scraps out anything like that. Nobody. Nobody. So many of us just jump. Trending thing. It's trending. All my friends are on IG. You to your move. Your Facebook that was the one that was building followers. You just close it. Then go and start IG. You're not begging God for followers. Is it God that creates followers? What you know how to do is to make air. 
That's all you know how to do. Now they tell you logistics is the trending business. You stop selling hair. You move to logistics. Today the bike failed. Tomorrow the rider did not come. Today the food poured while they were taking it. Can I be honest with you this morning? There is something you are good at that most of the time we have abandoned for something else because that thing is trending. And I'm still talking about the power of forgive, of, of commitment. There is a thin line, a very thin line, between mere involvement and life involvement. And permit me to say to you this morning, whatever you know you cannot put your life on the line for, don't sign up for it. And I'm going to say this to ladies too and to the guys about relationship. If you know you are not sure about that sister, tell her from day one. I like guys that will say, let's start as friends and let's see where it heads to. Those are sincere guys. But when from day one of the relationship is already telling you, I'll change your name to Mrs. This. You'll be bearing this. We'll have three children, John, James, and Peter. Forget forget. That, that one is playing. That one is just playing, just playing you. Just playing you. There's a very thin line between mere involvement and life involvement. It's good to desire greatness. It's good to desire good health. It's good to desire good marriage, good relationship. You want wealth. You want money. But how involved are you into achieving those things? And this is where commitment comes in. Your good intentions are quite alright. But the only thing that brings your good intentions to life is what? Commitment. Let me define commitment for you. I have to put this down. Commitment is a price that you have to pay with your life and time. When I started the pastoral ministry, you know, uh, how many of you know uh, Pastor Adeboye celebrated 40 years in, uh, in ministry? How many of you saw that stuff on social media? When I saw that stuff, I was shaking. Now, the shaking is not, can I achieve 40 years? The shaking is counting the numbers of Sundays in a year. And telling yourself that, do you know you have to show up in church as a pastor all through this? You know, as a pastor, there is nothing like... Going to church, you know, some of you can say, I'm not going to church today, I'll stream online. Pastor cannot do that. All. Back when I was growing up, the most prominent days I go to church is first Sunday of the month because it's Thanksgiving. Number one, Redeem was so nice then, they always cook rice and they had cake. So, if they say, You are born in the month of July, come out, I will come out with them because I knew that even if this cake will not go around it will go around to the celebrant. Everybody that caught the cake will chop. In fact, I think it was only redeemed that they did not really have my full bow data. They didn't know the month I was born. So, any month, I say, happy birthday, brother. I say, thank you, sir. Because I was always coming out because they hardly see me. I come out for Sunday. And downstairs of the church was where they were cooking the rice. I, I dare not miss it. I dare not miss it. So I was telling myself, I said, ah, this man celebrated 40 years. Tomorrow, you have to be going to church every Sunday. You have to be prepared to teach every Sunday. And I started counting the numbers of Sundays in a year. And I counted it up to 40. You know, there are some, there are some professions that if you get into, there is no turning back. Oh. You know what I'm saying? This is not, I'm a photographer today. Tomorrow, I'm a baba. That one is possible. You are a pastor today. You are a pastor for life, oh. Be honest with you. There are some professions. That's where commitment comes in. You have signed up your life and your time. The same goes to the military. I don't know if that's the way you operate in Nigeria. You, you have to give a tangible, genuine, everlasting, mind-blowing, heart-shaking excuse to pull out of the military. I'm being honest with you. It's either they shot you and you had an injury. That's why you pulled out. You cannot say, I'm leaving military because uh, my wife is always complaining. They'll beat you and your wife together. 
In fact, that's the time they'll promote you, give you house, give you car. You have no excuse to leave. Because when you're joining the military, I, I don't know if they do it in Nigeria. For anybody who has anybody in Nigeria, you, there's this oath you have to make, right? And you sign up with your life. This is not police, so you can leave police. Nobody will stop you. You can leave Amotekun. Nobody will stop you. You can leave over some bust. But military. You signed up with your life and your time. I think in the U.S., I, I, I'm, I'm assuming they do it in Nigeria. The U.S. is one country I know that even after you are no longer the president, you can still operate as the president because you have all the secret of the nation at your disposal. So they will hold on tight to you. Do you know what I'm saying? They hold on. That's the reason why they are trying to put Donald Trump in jail because as that guy is, is a threat, he can sell the U.S. The, the kind of. I'm being honest. Because you have all the security briefings, you know the, miss, the missiles they have, you know the hammers they have, you know how much is in their account, you have the passcode. They don't change passcode. You know, it's Nigeria here that they say Nigerian government's bank account is Union Bank. Then somebody entered, they change it to First Bank. Somebody entered, they change. You know how people change CBN government? They don't do that, yeah. The same password you used when you were president is the same password the next person will use. If anything is changed, it's fingerprint. The office is the same. That one that when Buari entered, they said the rat was in the office. They had to relocate it. There is nothing like rats. It's the same office. It's the same White House you stay. It's the same. It's the same. Commitment is a price you pay with your life and time. Commitment is a pledge or agreement to get something done. And I'm going to say this definition again. Commitment is determination to stick to a decision or a priority. Commitment goes beyond doing what you want to do. It is doing what is required to be done. That's the, that's, that's, that's the huge mistake we have in the church today. And that's why I said I'm teaching the power of commitment from a different perspective because I really want you to get it. I can use the Giants Delight as an example. It's good enough I'm a member of the Giants Delight. I'm part of them. I sing. The singing is not the commitment. I'm the keyboardist of the church. Playing the keyboard is not the commitment. It's the life that you put into what you do. the life you put into what you do. Today as I'm talking to you, there's virtually, you can do your research, there's virtually any Christ embassy minister, when I say minister, music minister, that cannot play at least two to three musical instruments. I'm being honest. My big brother Joe Price can still play the keyboard, can play drums. He's doing well on the guitar too. Frank Edwards that you all know. He plays the keyboard. He produces music. He runs a studio. Now if you ask me, how did they start? Frank Edwards started by just mere playing keyboard. Now he has even moved from music. He's now into media production. He produces animations and all that stuff. Graphics. That's what he does. Now you ask me, is it all about the money? No. He has put his life into the thing. And he wants to know everything that surrounds what he does. So you as a graphic designer, he cannot be waiting for you for two weeks before he can produce an album. Because you are the one that will take his picture and do graphics. Before you are done in two weeks, he has released the music. This one that you guys will have to go to studio and book a session. They will tell you, ah, sorry, you cannot come today. One Apala group is coming all night. This, this, that. I am sorry. Generator is not working. All at Go on their Instagram page. Virtually all of them have studios in their house. Not just studio, Riazan studio, production studio. In their house. Yet one Ibadan musical artist, he, he made his first one million. He's hosting concert, free ticket. How many times have you seen those guys do concert? Joe Priest does concert, I think, once in 10 years. You think he doesn't have money to be doing concert every month or every year? He could. But rather, whatever that is coming to him through what God has blessed him with is investing it into that thing that God has given to him. That's the mistake we have here in this city. 
one little cash that comes your way, boom, go and rent Jogo. Jehoshaphat prays one. You will not bring artists you can afford. You will bring in big, big ones. I'll be charging you. You will not be praying, Father, let crowd come. When crowd come, you collect offering. When you not collect the offering, you still have to settle boys. And you end up going home. You not be drinking Montina. Ah, Luau Shio at the concert. You have not gathered your losses. You are already posting on social media. Watch out for season two, season three, season four. Baba, you still have debts from season one. I've been through those things. I did my first major concert, Redeem. The crowd was massive. I did not invite police. Police showed up. They were like, this crowd is too much. And the next thing, if I don't you can put someone in trouble. Is that 15-year-old boy that is the one doing concert? I'm like, this is a church elders and dicking. People cannot even stand up and say, I will answer concert. They were pointing me. Say, teenager, I know she concert. Teenager, I will organize it. And you know dancers back in those days, they, once they minister, they go on the street and start drinking and all that stuff. Police came, they were guiding me. They were like, wow, this young boy. Then I was not this tall. I was, I, I was tall. At, at, this small boy. And then I was a little bit very skinny. This small boy, teenager. Ah, why she share for long? Oh my God. In fact, they were telling me, say, boy, I come and share every month. <laughs> when you listen to things like that, so I was inspired. So my friend said, ah, tomorrow we can be doing this thing every month. You know, in other churches, they do praise night every month. The other month I did, if you see the depth, if you see the depth, something that you cannot put your life and time in, don't try it. Because it will bring you heartbreak. You get broke. People will walk out on you. You will just be miserable. Commitment goes beyond punctuality. It's actually participation. Your complete involvement in a decision is what best defines and explains commitment. So that's what I'm going to say today. We have too many Christians in church. We have too many workers in church. But a huge number of them are not committed. They are just involved. And I'll say again, mere involvement will get your hopes what? Dashed. That's why I was quick to say to the giants delight when we had our retreat, serving God does not entitle you. Oh, I, 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 yeah, let me say, let's say it that way. Serving God in church is not an entitlement to say, oh, I'm serving God, I'm a worker, I'm doing this, God must bless me. No, no, no. Complete involvement in your decision. So that means whatever you want to lay your hands on, whatever you want to do, be super sure about your decision. When it dawned on me that I was going to be a pastor, I had to make up my mind on some things. I had to make up my mind. I had to tell myself, tomorrow you can't do this anymore. I had to make up my mind. Left to me, I want to be that jaye jaye person. I want to have fun. I want to live my life. I really want to. That's why Jesus said, a man that looks back. Do you know why the man is looking back? He probably heard somebody call his name. He probably heard a gunshot somewhere. He probably saw somebody else's farm and said, wow, see farm. Or maybe a very beautiful yellow lady passed by and said, ah, I'm worried. And the scripture says, Jesus himself said, this one is not fit for the kingdom. How many of you have seen the when the uh, the militants or military soldiers on their parade ground and all that stuff? You follow the commander, right? You dare not do. You know the worst part. Maybe you might have seen that video online. Even if fly is going in front of you, the highest you can shake is your eyeball. You cannot do like this. Attention! Then one fly, one very innocent fly from Castina will just fly past. You cannot do like. 
probably end up in the guardroom. Commitment, commitment. Now, quickly, I'm going to tell you what are the struggles against commitment. Somebody might also say, Pastor Domois, I think you're right about this commitment of a thing. But there are challenges. It's not easy to be that committed. I'll tell you, I'll give you seven reasons, briefly. The struggles against commitment. Number one is what you already know. Laziness. 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 Are you like me that you want to really enjoy your bed? Are you like me that you really want to enjoy your bed? You just want to eat, do whatever you want to do? You can't do that when you're committed about a thing. Laziness has put some people below the line. Number two is what I always talk about in this house. The mindset, the spirit of mediocrity. Let me just do it. That's why I keep telling the Johns and I, whenever you're ministering, life, life, life is what you should minister because life is at stake. I'm going to say that again. Life is what you should minister because what? Life is at stake. Indecisiveness. Some people, it, the people still decide for them. If you're in that shoes, break out of it today. Where people are the one deciding for you. I don't know how stupid some Nollywood people will be, they will have marital crisis and they bring it on social media. Is social media a court? Then social media will decide for you. Auntie me, you know you are my favorite actress. Please forgive brother Lighton. He's your model Forgive him. This, this. They are the one advising you. Wrong association and environment. Many of us have found ourselves in that shoes. Wrong association, the wrong set of people. Number five, this one virtually happens to almost everybody because it's not our fault, but we can break out of it. Poor background. Very, very poor background. Poor background has affected some people's level of commitment because in your family, you guys just do things anyhow. In your family, you people don't take things serious. Nobody in my family has decided to step out to the public to do something after my grandfather died. Nobody, everybody just wanted to do low-key. Just do your thing, low-key, low-key. I was the first person to step out on the public. As a matter of fact, I think I was sharing with some people, if you type my son name anywhere on the internet, it's my face that will pop up. Am I the only one being Oluye? No. Go anywhere today and tell someone, do you know anybody Oluye? The next thing you hear, is it Tomo Oluye? So sometimes I question myself, I don't they know my dad? Don't they know my brother? Don't they know my sister? I have cousins bearing that name. It's me. My cousin went to a place one time like that. They said, Olunye, the next thing they said, are you related to Pastor Tomoa, Apostle Tomoa Olunye? And the guy was shocked. This is in the UK. UK. He was shocked. My sister wanted to do something from the US right here in Nigeria. And the person told her, ah, you're not Pastor Tomoa's sister. That guy that does drama one time. I like, said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, because of him, I'll do it for you. Number six, low self-esteem low self-esteem it has killed a lot of people can i say this to you this morning i'm sorry i'm stressing it on you do not let people define you for you define yourself define yourself now this is very funny i'm going to say it bro not that i'm trying to use that as an example if ankara is your style stick to it can i be honest if ankara is your style stick to it this morning when I was dressing up, I told myself, I said, ah, tomorrow, let me just come to TH and show. Let me dress like to shop pastor. Let me do tie. I did the tie finish. I told myself, I said, Tomwa, this, this thing is not working. I wanted to change to jeans, not just because I'd already put it on. Somebody just said, remove the tie now. It's not by force. And I removed it. Whatever is your style that you're comfortable with, stick to it. David could have been discouraged when he got to the battlefield. Should I tell you something? If he put on that armor and they give him a sword, they'll finish him. They'll use it for suya. He was used to stones and he used it. Whatever, whatever you see, see, low self-esteem. I think I shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say this. Low self-esteem has gotten a lady that should be defined as virtuous, pregnant, unwantedly. 
at this secondary school here, they told you in SS1, you are the most ugly girl in the class. Then you now came back SS2. You now intentionally too short. Go and sit in front. Show yourself. Wear short skirt. Do everything. Be applying makeup to class. Thank God I had a principal. Once he sees that thing from the gate, he will flock. Low self-esteem. People just decide to walk into a corner and say, I want to change everything about me because people don't appreciate me. I'm being honest. Low self-esteem has made people be in debt because you can't collect things on credit. I'm not trying to despise anyone. If it is bent down select that is still working for you, stick to it for now. Till God changes your level. If you cannot afford bone straight, go to Ogumpa. Let them plait your hair for you. Till you can get to that. By the time, by the time you are getting to bone straight level, you probably will have gone higher than that. Is it true? For a very long time when I was living in Nigeria here, I had a bank account with UBA. I did not collect ATM. Because I did not know I would stand in front of ATM and all I want to withdraw is 500 naira. Then there are beautiful girls behind me. I'm just feeling intimidated. I say, ah, that girl with you, thank you. I don't even know whether it's her school fees or someone's money in her account. You know, some people will just keep money in your account and say, go and withdraw. Me, I'll just stand there and say, ah, 500. I'll just tell my guys, say, let's go. No service. Because I felt intimidated. All we just wanted is 500 to take back. So I didn't collect ATM card. You know what I'll do? I'll enter the bank. I will fill the slip, give it to the cashier, and collect the money, then walk away. That's what I did for many years when I was, when I was in Nigeria. But now, I can collect ATM. I don't care even if it's 500 I want to collect in front of that. Whatever you know that is still working for you, that God is still using to build you up, don't let people talk you out of it. Do not let them. I'm going to say this to somebody. Maybe you have something you're doing and every time you're always inspired to go online on social media and post it. And you see other people's pages, intimidating. Keep doing what you're doing. How many of you know these guys, they call you Korodu boys? That's all they knew how to do. Those guys are all over the place now. They are all over the place. Keep doing what you can do. This popular girl to Emanuela, the elder brother, whether it's a brother or cousin, I don't know whatever the guys were. They, they were always recording with phones, 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 phones. And they will be posting, they will be posting, always posting, begging people, tag, subscribe, subscribe, hit the subscribe button. Today, I was told, I saw it online, the girl built a house for her mother. And you know the funny thing, I don't know if you have discovered, that girl has not plated her hair since then, no. If it was one Ibadan girl that was like that, they would have taken her to shop right to go and buy Bone Street and say, ah, uh, OTD Celebon, you need to step up. Baba, don't step up before it's your time, oh. Because it's very easy for you to come down. And I'm not trying to drift. Low self-esteem. Put people in trouble. You can't stand where people are standing. You just feel intimidated. Like, ah, these people are better than me. This, this, and that. When I was growing up as a child, it's like God knew I was going to be a pastor. I was always looking forward to sit in the front. In the front. If I go to my grandma's church back then in the Anglican, they will tell me, oh, you cannot take communion because you are not yet part of us. You are not like those old men. Let's see the bishop that will not give me communion when I'm already standing in front of you like this. And there are people behind me. You cannot... And you know, in Anglican, you guys have ushers where ushers move around. Ushers in Anglican church, they don't move around though. They are stationed. They stay in one place till the end of that service. So nothing like, Baba, you can be sleeping. They don't care. Their own is they're looking at time. One. Okay, Bishop, you it. So I said to myself, you can't have all these old women behind my back and tell me not to take communion. It's not possible. So they end up giving me, that was how I knew that their communion was Bacchus. So I always took it. My grandma would come back and say, hey, why is your mouth smelling like this? I said, is it not the same thing people are drinking? <laughs> then number seven. Now this one, I intentionally had to put it there because the Spirit of the Lord said it to me. Unrestrained greed. I didn't just say greed. Unrestrained greed. 
many of the times, many of you want to apply the force of commitment because of what you want to get. I want to be close to Sister Fola because I know that as a female friend of ours, she's always dashing people free shoe. A time will come when Sister Fola will no longer give out free shoe. What happens to your commitment of friendship at that point in time? I want to be a staff. I want to be a workforce. I want to be Pastor Tomorrow's PA because I heard anytime he travels and he lives in big hotel, he will give me my own room and I will eat. A time will come. I will intentionally decide to sleep in the car. We will sleep there together. My PA is sitting here. There are times we've lunched and I intentionally did not have enough cash and I said, no food this night. Right? And there are times we've traveled. All we had was suya. Yeah. yeah. The last one we did, you had what? Biscuits, right? Did you think I don't have the money for food? I do. But that, that was not just anything appealing to me at that point in time. And it happened. It happened. Some people is unrestrained greed. What they want to get. What they want to get. Never you be that kind of Christian. Never you be that kind of worker. I have never done a job because of the salary. I was talking to somebody at Ventura Mall we had like a one-on-one chat. A very dear brother of mine just called me and said, Pastor Tomorrow, I need you to come and talk to me about this. And he told me how much he was collecting that salary. He said the first day collecting that salary, he felt like a big boy. That he went to the mall, he was buying things, he was just living life and all that stuff. And the next thing he said, he said, Baba, I wouldn't lie to you. That salary is is nothing. I mean, if you have done a job before and you got your first pay and you felt on top of the world, right? If they give you that money today and say, this is the job you are applying for, this and with the excitement, no. I've never done a job because of the salary. Every job I've ever done in my life, I can tell you jobs I've done as a pastor. I've worked in a factory. I've worked with Amazon. I've done security guard. I've worked in the prison. I did all this job with excitement. Not, I'm not trying to say because I'm preaching. I mean excitement. I just wanted to be happy and people around me being happy. That was why when I was leaving the prison and somebody punched me in the face, the other prisoners had to go beat up the guy. You know why? They said, why would you beat this boss man? This is the most cool officer in this place. You beat the wrong person. They had to beat the guy. Before I not did my own beating, before I left. You've messed with the wrong person. I've left jobs in the US whereby co-workers still relate with me like friends because I did not go to the job just because of the salary. Because by the time I look at the salary, half of it has gone to my rent. The remaining half will buy food. And I had, then I had, I had a girlfriend I was dating. Though she really asked for money. But before you know it, you're already looking forward to the next salary. Unrestrained greed. You're just after what they will give you, what they will pay. That's why I tell people, if you have any skilled job or anything you're doing, whatever the skilled job could be, let your target be you want to satisfy your customer. I've told those that work for me, that work here in church, and those that come to my house and do stuff, do things to impress me. If your fee is 5K, I can give you 10,000. I'm being honest. My fiance will always say to me, she's like, I want to hear my flow loan, flow The people that are, that lose like they are, because if you give me a budget now and say, oh, Pastor Tomorrow, I can come and help you fix your, your, your couch, da, da, da. And you tell me 15,000. I can drag that 15K with you and bring it down to 4,005. I will just be looking for a corner, corner. I say, cut this, it's too much, this song. But you just discover that the person who just drove me, Uber, we just had a nice chat, nice conversation. His fee is 250. I'll just give him 10,000. Every of the guys that the Lord has used me to bless, Uber-wise, they are my friends now. Very close friends. When I say friends, like they chat up with me, they respond to my messages and all of that stuff because God used me to be a blessing to them. When you are doing things for people, let it be to their satisfaction, not what you want to get from them. When you're becoming someone's friend, let it be that you want to have an, add an advantage to the person's life. 
when you're walking in a place, walk to the point that even if it's time for you to leave, they are begging you to be the one to look for your own replacement. Some of you say, ah, but I, what am I, he talks too much. He does this, that, that, that. Let me just do this cake for him anyhow. Let me just sew this cloth for him anyhow. Let me just bab his hair anyhow. Let me just take the pictures anyhow. Oh, this, this one is too much. Always supply, supply, but let me just supply something. When you fuel in enough commitment, when you put in so much into the work that you have, you do not know the platform that God will use to change you. My spiritual father says something. He said his biggest break, one of his biggest breakthrough in ministry came at workers' meeting. I might have known what they call workers' meeting. When workers gather in church and they are meeting. He said workers' meeting. He said because every workers' meeting, he will make efforts to preach before he admonish the people, tell them this is this and that. So somebody was recording is preaching during workers meeting and decided to go play it at home and lo and behold the person listening to it was a major general the person was a sister or maybe a child or whatever to the major general wow who is talking that's that's powerful who is saying he said, that's my pastor really your pastor i want to meet this guy and that was when he just moved to abuja so he met the major general I mean, I was like, wow, I ate something from my sister. She was playing it in the house. You have, you have good eloquence. You can teach well. Can you... You know, if it's someone like some of us, not that I know anybody here, such an opportunity, you just be laughing. So, we bless God, sir. We bless God, sir. Thank you, sir. It's just a blessing. You know, that's what we do in church. God, God is just helping us, sir. Thank you, sir. You know, your mind, you're like, the major donor has called you. That means he wants to bless you. So, your mind, you are focusing on the blessing. Ah, maybe it's you that called me. I did not come and meet you now. It's you that called me and said you want to see me. So let me tell you our needs. And you know, uh, sir, you know, we just started in Abuja. We still need last screen. We need boss. And you know, as a major general, maybe the Lord can use you. No. My spiritual father went there to preach the gospel to the man. To preach again to the man. To accept Christ. The man was like, I'm a Christian. Forget. No. He kept on teaching and teaching and teaching. Then the man looked at him and said, tell me the things you need in your church and you have them supplied. I'm being honest with you as a pastor. They tell me, she they calls me today. I'm, if not because of that exposition, I'm more than likely to be telling she the things that we need in this place. And some of us here are like that. Any little opportunity to something that can change your life, you're always quick to tell them your challenges forgetting that those people too have challenges. Anytime you meet someone that can lift you up, put yourself in a position to be a blessing to that person. It is when you bless, you do what? You receive. But some of us want to download all our challenges. Ha! You're a powerful man of God. Oh, thank God, sir. Bless God, sir. As a matter of fact, sir, even the church we are using, sir, is uh, 80,000 naira per month. And you know, the Lord is just helping us. We are just growing. We are like five in the church. Oh, really? Five? So, how are you coping? <laughs> it's not easy. I'm doing full time. Even my wife says she's doing Taylor. Who sent you message? Who sent you? I have never gone to a place to mention my challenges. My fiance is here. My PA is here. When I went to talk to my spiritual father about how we we're going to start the church, and I never, he, he was asking me what are the things you have. I told him everything is in place. I never told him the things I needed. Do you think I don't need things? You think I don't want things? I never did. Because I could have. He could have said, okay, go to that place, carry the camera there. Go to that place, carry the, this. I never did. At some point, he was asking me, Tom, what do you need anything? I said, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm okay. Let's just keep praying for us, for growth, for increase. I never approached him. People are here, they are my witness. I never did. And boom, when he said what God laid in his heart, I just prostrated. Thank you, sir. And I stood up. I have never sent him a text to remind him. I said, Is there some of you? If someone promised you something, you will kill that person with text. You will kill the person with text. Choke back, baby. Choke back, baby. I'm praying for you. Good morning. How was your night? Why, why is it because of what you want to collect? You asked me how was my night. I don't want to say too much about that. The absence of commitment births an all-round cheating. And I'm going to explain that briefly. Lack of commitment, it births all-round cheating. You will cheat yourself, number one, and you will cheat those that you are meant to be committed to. 
What are you going to cheat yourself? You're going to cheat yourself of being blessed. And you're going to cheat others of being blessed through you. When commitment is off the chain, settling for less becomes an option. That's why the church does not need any of our Christians, but we need committed Christians. And if I'll be honest with you this morning, what Jesus is looking for in your relationship with him is commitment. And can I say this as well too? Any broken marriage you see today, commitment has been chased out a long time ago. Is it true? I told my secondary school friends when we were growing up, I said if I caught my wife cheating on me with another man right in front of me, I'll just wait for them outside. When they are done, I'll carry my woman and we'll go outside and talk and we'll continue our life together. I'm being honest. I'm being honest. Some of you can say that. As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, it was more like a joke. Or oh, you think I'm not serious. When she was, my friend was in Abuja talking to a fellow pastor's wife. She said, if I catch my husband sleeping with another woman, I will ask him, Auntie, did you enjoy him? Yes. Oh yeah, my husband. Let's go. Some ladies here cannot do it. Some guys here, that one is licensed to kill. If you, have, if you have committed your life and your time to somebody, you will do everything to bring the person back. That was what Jesus did for every one of us. None of us yet deserve salvation. That was why the, pri the price he paid, he didn't pay it for then. He paid it for the future. Because if the price was for then, then we should be expecting another Jesus to come and die for all of us. But he said, what I did is not just for now, but for the future. So I catch her with another man and all of that, and I decide to kill her and do all of that stuff. And I end up in prison. That's the end to my life. That's the end of my life. Whether you pull that away and all of that stuff, you don't know what you can save yourself from. I'm telling you. That's why I said, any broken marriage you see today, commitment has been chased. It's not because the person is cheating or the wife is always slapping the husband. Oh man, Jilla, oh man, shake me. Commitment, the person has lost. Commitment is like interest though, you know. He has lost interest. So it, that, that avenue was just a cheap one to send the person away. I'm being honest. Now this one will shock you. It's not even in my notes, but it just came to my spirit. I've done several jobs in the U.S. But can I be honest with you? I noticed in the prison system, the bad workers, when I say bad workers, the one that will go and beat offenders, uh, not come to work early, change figures, change stuff and all that stuff, use government ATM card to buy diesel and all of that, fuel in their car, they don't fire them. And I asked myself, why? You know what? They are loyal and committed to the supervisors. They know that this one is error. But he's committed to me in some places, in some areas. This one, you know, commitment is like you can shoot someone and say, I got you in this thing. We are dying here. I'm like, they don't fire those ones. It's the ones that they are not committed. They, those ones, a slight mistake, you come to work late, you are fired. That was a very, very notorious supervisor there. Very, very bad one. He, he had the highest supervisor. This guy was doing all sorts of crazy things. They were promoting him. You know why? Because he has some tools that surround that place that without him in that place, it won't work. So they knew that he had his weakness. But his commitment was what they were, they were, they were rewarding him for. So, that you choose to be committed does not mean you are not weak in certain areas. That's why the Bible says, even in your weakness, I'll make you strong. So, some of you might want to say, oh, pastor, I'm weak. Pastor, I still steal. Pastor, I don't pray well. Pastor, my Christian life is still shaking. My this is that. Pastor, I'm still flying in the night. Commitment. 
Commitment is life, regardless of your, of your weakness. Your spiritual growth is possible on the platform of, of commitment. Your promises get delivered to you quickly on the platform of what? Commitment. The power of commitment is the key to unlocking the promises of God upon your life. The power of commitment. Your level of commitment determines the kind of riches that comes your way. Determines the kinds of opportunities that comes your way. That's why the Bible says, if you are willing and obedient, what did he say? You will eat the fruit of the land. The reason why you are not eating the fruit of the land yet, the reason why you are still struggling, the reason why 500 naira means a whole lot to you at this point, 500 naira something, is because you are still not willing and obedient in the things that he has asked you to do. Now, being obedient is not 10 commandments. That shall not steal. That shall not lie. No. I'm going to teach this in another, uh, maybe any Sundays the Spirit of the Lord asked me to do. The definition of sin. This thing has been a major controversy in the Christian faith. If I ask you what is sin, sin is when you don't obey the 10 commandments. Sin is when you lie against God. No. Sin is when you do what God has not asked you to do. Sin is when you do what the Holy Spirit does not justify you to do. That's the definition of sin. That's the definition of sin. It is sinful enough for a man to say he wants to go about to marry a, concub- uh, a prostitute. It's like me coming here and I say, oh, praise the Lord, church. And the Lord has asked me to end my relationship. So I saw this prostitute at Molete and she's the one I'm in. All of you will say, Pastor, what did you go and do? <laughs> Well, God told the prophet, this is the woman to be with. Now, go and check the lineage of that woman down to Jesus. Jesus came from that lineage. But in this time and age, all of us here, if they tell you a pastor divorced his wife to go and marry a prostitute, we will talk about that pastor. On, that pastor who trained on social media that he has failed God. It's the truth. But guess what? He's the one that has done the right thing because he listened to God and did what God asked him to do. So sin is when you do something that God does not want you to do. Now that you understand the power of commitment, I want to give you three ways as I close how you can feed your commitment. Number one, consistent learning. Consistent learning. And I I wish you can put the scripture, 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 15 to 17. It says, work hard so that you can present yourself to God and receive his approval. Be a good worker, one who does not need to be ashamed, correctly dividing the word of truth. Avoid worthless, foolish talk. This one leads to more godless behavior, the kind of talks that spreads like cancer. One of the three ways to feed your commitment, consistent learning. This helps you find new ways and technique to devote your life and time into the things God wants you to do. And number two, develop a working schedule. Develop a working schedule. From that same scripture, those are three points, those are two points so far that I can pull and I'm going to give you the third one as I close. And number three, avoid distraction. That's why the scripture says, you look back, you are not fit for the kingdom. So you want to be committed. Avoid what? Distraction. Develop a working schedule. And be a consistent learner. Be a consistent learner. Never you say, ah, pastor, in my area, I'm the best person that can sow native. Keep learning. Because a time will come when people get tired of the native. What do you want to do? You close out. Pastor Chris said a story of someone to us during a retreat. He said this man was very, very popular for fixing Volkswagen. Because very popular, the village people in that Edo side, they like Volkswagen and all that stuff. So all of a sudden, whether it was Volkswagen or something, but that's the name I can remember. He said all of a sudden, people were no longer using the car. But the man refused to learn any other thing. And before you know it, he ran out of funds, ran out of finance, he had to close up. So I depend on people for money. That's why I tell people something. If God has helped you to be skillful, Keep pushing that skill. Keep learning new stuff. Keep learning new stuff. Do you have a gift? Keep polishing your gift. Don't say, ah, in my area, I'm the best singer. Somebody will come and sweep you off. 
Ah, in the whole of this Ibadan, nobody can set speaker like me. Baba, a time will come, people will not need speaker anymore. Start in looking for things. In the entire Ibadan, nobody can bake cake more than me. A time will come, people will not use cake anymore. They'll be using pizza. What happens to you at that point in time? Learn new skills. Learn new skills. My mom almost ran into death because she was so used to royal cake. I talk about cake a lot because that's my favorite food. My mom was so used to royal cake. All of a sudden, she's got that. When people are coming for her, they say, can you do Fonda Tyson? She said, no. Ah, sorry. Can you do Fonda? So she had to do her research. I think they said Fonda Tyson lasts more than royal cake. My mom had to go learn from somebody that she trained how to do royal cake. And that person too came to our house to show us like, ah, Mommy, Tom, why am I shaved? Cut a bag. My mom was like, ah, he made the coin anyway. He said, ah, you better stop him. I'm going to jam. I'm going to get a cocky knee. Ah, he made a cocky knee. My mom said, okay. So she taught my mom, found that icing. She did it. That time she, the woman came back because she forgot and did and all that stuff. What am I trying to pull out? My mom saw that she was losing customers. She had to go learn it. Don't settle for where you are. Keep learning. As a pastor today, I keep listening to sermons, listening to teaching, reading books, meeting people, re-engaging myself with things. Because if all I'm just teaching you is just, like Reverend Sam will say, if all I'm teaching you now is how to make money. Okay, now that you've made money, what else will I teach you? You have made money. I teach you seven ways to make money. Now the money has come. Two ways to be a millionaire. Now you're a millionaire. What else? Reverend Sam had to go to school. To go and learn stuff because he discovered that the people he was training they were only millionaires. So, what do you want to say to them again? What do you want to say? That's nothing. So, he had to go and learn. Now, he's learning leadership how to train people to be leaders, to, to be leaders rather. And that's the issue we have here in the battle. Not for these pastors, they are so used to today. They talk about five thousand loaves, five loaves of bread. They talk about this, 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 the teaching someone goes around the same place. There was someone that even told me, I'm not trying to make fun of the church. He told me, he said, I can tell you the salmon topic on specific days in our Baptist church. I said, how? He said, because any days I don't do and walk around, I know what the pastor will talk about. Because that's what he's been doing for years. Not ready to learn. Because they feel like seminary is the end of the whole thing. I challenge you with this. The key to your prosperity, the key to your breakthrough, the key to your next level, lies on the platform of commitment. You have to be committed at something. You have to put your life to something. You have to put your time to something. When you do these things in the process, keep learning. Learn new skills. Learn new techniques. Avoid distraction. And you see how God will quickly elevate you in the name of Jesus. Let's be on our feet. We believe you have been blessed by this audio podcast and we never like to close without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Would you say this prayer with me? Dear Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart today and I am making you the Lord of my life. Amen. Congrats. You are now a child of God. Thank you for listening and downloading Tamiwa Oluwen podcast. We want to take over nations for Christ. Partner with us today by visiting www.heavennation.org forward slash donate. Kindly subscribe to get update of new messages and share with your friends and families. We love you and we celebrate you.